Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Steve Yellow along with Charlie Long. Jeff is out in Carolina getting ready for that 6-15 kickoff Monday night football against the Carolina Panthers, which you can hear on WWL Saints Radio. I'll be having Mike Haas and Deuce McAllister on the call. Coming up at 4 o'clock will be the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff with myself and the Cajun Cannon Bobby Bear as we get ready for an NFC South bout right off the bat. I was kind of surprised when the schedule came out, Charlie, that it wasn't a season opening NFC South battle, but it figures that early on you would get, you know, a, a divisional rivalry right off the bat. Yeah, you still get two in the first four weeks, sure, yeah. right? I, but I think last year, what was it, like the first three games were <laughs> NFC South matchups, right? I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of unique, and that's kind of what the Panthers are dealing with after playing the, the Falcons last night, now they're, or last week, now they're playing the Saints tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of okay with it, not having to play all these division games super early. Um, who knows what really happens? Division games are always kind of coin flips for the most part. Occasionally, you'll have different advantages that you can take that that, that you can use and and beat the, those opponents. But I'm looking at this text as well. Uh, Stephen Lokenard Jewelers talking text lines. Saints wide receivers will prosper if Derek isn't running for his life. They need to keep a tight end next to Penning on every play so that D can't key on the formation. I agree with the first half, but not really the second half. Yeah, maybe not every not play. Every Come play. on. But absolutely, if Carr has time to throw, similar to last week, right? When you look at the matchup, Panthers without their best cover corner versus a healthy Saints wide receiver trio is is really kind of a mismatch. Just like we were talking about how the Saints DBs versus the Panthers receivers are a mismatch. So, yeah, I agree with this text. At the same time, though, Penning, I mean, you spent a first-round pick on the guy. He's obviously kind of redshirted his rookie season last year, and this is basically his rookie season. Um, he had some struggles against a really strong Titans defensive front. The Panthers do have some really good defensive linemen like Brian Burns, like Derek Brown. like. But, I mean, most of them are kind of on the interior. Brian Burns is that mainline edge rusher that you have to worry about. Uh, yes, you will have tight ends helping Penning out at points during the game, but it's not going to be on every play. Uh, because it's just not feasible to just have to use two players to block one. You know what I mean? Right. So you're going to ask Penning to step up in this game. Uh, if he's ready for the challenge, great. If not, then you'll probably see that tight end helping more often than not. It's not going to happen on every play, though. Derek Carr, once again, I think he knows after playing in the Titans defensive line in week one uh, how quickly he needs to get the ball out. But at the same time, when you have Rashid Shaheed, when you have Chris Olave, when you have Michael Thomas, when you have Juwan Johnson, like – He's got the weapons to get the ball, too. Just give him a couple seconds, and then he'll slice and dice that Panthers defensive backfield, as I anticipate. Uh, speaking of QB1, Derek Carr, he spoke with the media on Wednesday this week. Uh, here's what the QB had to say. Derek, I know you guys probably feel like you left a few points on, on the field. But what were some of the things that were easily correctable to make sure that you know you score the way you want to? Yeah, most of the time I'm – the more you get to know me too, it may get frustrating, but I like, I'll keep most of it in house, you know, that we know certain things and, you know, I, I can tell you that there were things that we talked about and I always talk about myself, you know, I, there's a couple plays there where I left points on the field and we talked about it after the game, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it's just getting, 
you know, the decision making, the timing, all those things um, that each position has to make as offense, all 11 guys have to do the right thing for a play to work. And, uh, you know, on defense, typically, if you have a good pass rush and someone, it, it, it can work out, you know. So us as an offense, I think executing at such a high level is going to take all 11 guys doing the right thing every single time. And I think that'll help us, uh, you know, with scoring touchdowns and things like that. I know protection is often a, a combined effort with the offensive line and the quarterback. What did y'all talk about after the game and then looking ahead to Carolina? Yeah, I mean, well, we know going into this game, uh, you know, they have a great, great rush. They have guys uh, that can perform uh, inside on both edges, you know, everywhere, you know, the blitzes. Uh, they got great scheme, great defense coordinator. And, and we know the problems that, you know, presents to us. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, a lot of it was first half stuff and we were able to come back in the second half and do some things well and, you know, do some things right. Uh, but there's still things that, again, in-house that, you know, we know we want to clean up and do certain things. And uh, I'll always be hard on myself. Could I have gotten that out? Could I have stepped this way and done this and all that kind of stuff too? How much do you look forward to these Monday night games? I love them. I mean, you grow you grew up as a kid. I mean, I, I know it is my 10th year, but I still think of when I was a kid, like some of the first Monday night football games I would watch, you know, even as I got older watching Michael Vick, I remember them putting that, you know, line down on the field, you know, and he's running around. I'm jumping on my couch thinking I'm Michael Vick. I, I never ran a 4-3, but I like to pretend that I could. You know, I just I just remember watching Dion, you know, returning punts, interceptions, you know, all these things. I mean, I just – you have so many memories like someday like man I just want to be out there and then the fact that you get to do it you never want to I don't want to say it like loses anything because it's still Monday night but as the years go on if you're just so focused on everything else you forget how cool it is that you get to do that you know and so for me I, every every chance I get to play on a primetime game I'm always I always take a second to that you know this is some of the stuff I dreamed of as a kid this is pretty cool and so you always want to prepare your best make sure you put your best foot forward I think maybe people who aren't super familiar with the Saints uh, maybe see Rashid as the undrafted guy didn't get a lot of targets last year as kind of a gadget guy whatever the case may be mm -hmm. just in your experience with him what's, what's been I guess your impression of him just like his sophistication as receiver yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think the world of him I think he's a very smart player he can run all the routes he can block um, you can hand it to him like we did last week and he can get positive plays there uh, you see his awareness. Um, coach telling him to get in, you know, stay, stay in bounds. He didn't try and cut up and maybe get pushed out of bounds. He just got his five, five yards and got down. Made sure the clock was running. Like you see the, the football savviness from him on both both sides. You know, um, he understands the game, and God blessed him with, you know, some things that other people just don't have. You know, and. Uh, I, I like to tease him that I'll race him all the time, but I, I don't know if I really want to. I, like I've heard a couple people say his speed is different. Like, how does like is that really evident on a, on a football, football field where everybody's big and fast? Yes. Yeah. 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 There's, there's only a few guys. You know, Henry Ruggs was another one where you could feel it. Um, you know, Zay Jones is another guy where you can when you're running when you see him next to him, he's a he's a guy. Tyree Kill, obviously. Um, seeing him all those years in Kansas City, you know, uh, Rashid's one of those guys that. When he's running on the field, it was like when I played at Oregon and DeAnthony Thomas came running by for like an 80-yard touchdown. I was like, yeah, that's different. You know, you, you can just feel it, you know. And he's one of those guys when he takes off, it's just, it's just a different gear that a lot of guys just don't have.
Derek, a big conversation that came out of week one game was protection. You get to see the work going into that every single day. Mm -hmm. Where's your confidence level that will continue to take steps forward with game reps? Oh, I am very confident. Yeah. Um, that happens a lot in week one, too. It's live bullets, a lot of new games, uh, especially that front. That front is amazing. We got another really good front here. So. My mindset has always been, you know, Coach Gruden always told me, you know, he is like, look, I don't care whatever happens in front of you, relatively, you know, uh, you, you just try and find a way, your, your best way to try and move the ball down the field. And, uh, you know, sometimes he would help me. Sometimes I understand there's nothing you can do, you know, but just keep that mindset and that mentality that you're always going to try and move the ball no matter what happens. But my, my mindset, no matter what, like if I get hit, don't get hit, whatever, like I'm just playing football. And I'm always just trying to move the ball. And I, I try and keep that mindset to where I don't even care. It's going great, great. You know, it's not, that's okay. You know, but I, my confidence level is always high in our guys, especially with the talent we have in that room and the, the things I've seen them do all offseason. At Saints quarterback Derek Carr last week, passed for 305 yards, one touchdown, one interception, was sacked four times. That's something, too, uh, that needs to improve greatly to help out the run game, but also to keep our quarterback upright. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at the Panthers' defensive line, specifically Derek Brown, Shai Tuttle, uh, they also have Brian Burns that they feature, and Justin Houston, old man Justin Houston, he's still mm -hmm. kicking. Um, yeah, I mean, they, got, they have pass rushers. Obviously, Brian Burns is the premier guy. Um, you know, Derek Brown's more of, as Mike Dettelier had said, more of a run stuffer than a pass rusher. Like, but he does move the pocket, and that's the, the last thing a quarterback wants is offensive linemen right at his feet uh, and defensive linemen right at his feet as well in his face. So, uh, Shy Tuttle, you know, kind of the same thing. Like, I don't think he's an, an elite pass rusher necessarily, but there is a reason that they went and signed him in the offseason. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, Steve. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last week when you look at this matchup. Like, the defensive, the, the, the defensive line, defensive line versus the Saints' offensive line. We all were really kind of worried about the Titans' D line. I'm not as worried or concerned about the Panthers' defensive line. So, I mean, I, I if four sacks happens again tonight, that's not a good sign at all. Um, but I, yeah, if you give Derek Carr time to pass, he'll be fine. Yeah, we'll say Panthers, I think they got four sacks on Atlanta week one, had two interceptions and were able to force a fumble. Uh, the, the takeaway stat is obviously yeah. the, the huge key, and so, we, we saw the Saints successful there last week. When you look at the Panthers-Falcons game, it's kind of fascinating because the Panthers did win a lot of statistics in that game, like total yardage, yeah. first downs, <laughs> like all these different stats. The turnovers. The turnovers killed the The great Panthers. equalizer. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Like the – the, the Falcons effectively won that game on a couple of picks and a fumble if you look at the matchup. Right. So if the Saints can do that to Bryce Young and the Panthers' offense again tonight, force a couple more turnovers, a couple more interceptions from the rookie QB, get their offense in good position to score, yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. What's also really surprising, yeah, I'm just looking over some of the numbers here. First downs, Carolina won that. Total yards, Carolina won that. Where they did not win – that turnover ratio, and that was the definite big, you know, black eye for them not being able to pull out the victory week one against Car against the Falcons. Sorry. And then on the same side of things, you go plus positive in the turnover <laughs> differential, yes. and that's a big reason why you beat the Titans in week one. Do it again. I mean, build on it. If you want to be a double-digit win team, if that if that's your ceiling, if you want to win the NFC South, if you want to reach that ten plus win mark, and which is very possible given the schedule that you had this season. You got to be positive in the turnover differential. So you can't like kind of descend back from where you were last season, right? In this matchup against the Panthers, yes, last week you go plus one, potentially even plus two with a block punt. 
go plus one or plus two again. Just keep building on that. Build that momentum. Force a couple turnovers from Bryce Young. Give that offense that good field position. You'll be good to go. Want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Who that's 504-260-1870. We're going to be taking a break. Be back with more right here on WWL. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to First Take, gearing up for Monday Night Football. 6-15 kickoff in Carolina against the 0-1 Panthers. Saints looking to go 2-0 on the season. Got to keep up with the Joneses in the NFC South. Suddenly, Tampa Bay and Atlanta off to 2-0 starts. Not expected, for sure. Not expected, necessarily, but it is a long season, so we'll give it time to oh, see how sure, good right. the NFC South actually is this year. You know, Once again, I think we said earlier, we both kind of expect the Bucks to taper off as the season progresses. I think it's going to ultimately be the Saints and the Falcons battling it out for that NFC South title at the end of the season. But kind of looking at this matchup tonight, Steve, there's one stat that stood out to me. With the Panthers last season, they were 22nd in the NFL defensively at giving up points per game, 24 points per game, right? In their week one loss to Atlanta, they gave up 24 points. So I saw a little bit of a pattern there. I did a little bit more of a deep dive. In the last two years combined, which obviously is just, you know, 17 games, when they give up, actually 18, when they give up 24 or more points, the Panthers are 1-9. and nine. They've given up 24 or more 10 times. They're 1-9 and nine when they do so. So if you're looking for a target score for the Saints to hit tonight, 24 points seems to be that number. And maybe a little bit of a spoiler for when we give our score prediction, but I think I had the Saints around that number. Uh, we caught up with a Saints defensive end, Cameron Jordan, earlier in the week. Here's Saints sideline reporter Jeff Nowak with that interview. You mentioned Carl Granderson. Is he playing just – is his confidence level just really high right now? It seems like he's really – Our confidence level is in, in Carl is really high right now. I've always been high on Carl. Um, you know, I've seen him grow, and I've loved the player he's become two years ago. He finally got his chance last year and really took off and, and came on strong with the role. You know, it, it doesn't matter who takes the field as long as you have the right mindset, the right uh, skill set, and the ability to play this spot. Um, and that goes for somebody rotating in. That goes for somebody starting. We're all trying to be the best versions of us, and I think Carl is pushing himself to be the best version of him. Do you think he's getting close to being part of that chip life? Yeah, you mentioned that. You saw at the end of the game, we were double chips. Yeah, chip nudge. Welcome on in. Hey, I love I love that part because if you start chipping him, maybe you can't chip me. And if you start chipping both of us, young Brian Brzee might be on 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 your tail. Like I think uh, we're we're headed towards where we want to be. It's too early to tell where we are, but I think we're we're rapidly trying to grasp an identity that's going to put fear in offenses' hearts. Not giving you anything off of that. I do think that a guy like Brian Brzee has a great natural feel for the or spin move, and I think that him spending so much in training camp and in in uh, preseason games and then in the game has sort of inspired everybody else. You know, like 
haven't seen this many spins probably since Sheldon Rankins, his first couple years. But once the guy starts spinning, everybody else is like, I can do that too. That's just like when you start winning with chop moves, everybody starts going to chop moves. You know, it's a very it's a very impressionable D-line, you know? I feel like Twitch Radio is was He was top tier. He was top tier. Um, it didn't it didn't hurt that he had Robert Mathis on the other side of him as he was as he was aging. Hopefully Carl's gonna be my Robert Mathis. Yes, indeed. Saints defensive end Cam Jordan right there talking, uh, get, gearing up for this Monday night matchup. We heard him mention about Carl Granderson, who really, man, uh, got, that game one, Charlie, uh, had a sack and a half, also a tackle for loss. Uh, someone we've just seen progress throughout the years and steadily earn more and more playing time and has really lived up to the hype uh, going into this year after having an outstanding training camp. You said it. I mean, you said it right there. We talked with Dennis Allen at the Saints coaches show this past Monday, a week ago from today, after that one-and-a-half sack performance, and he's just like, this is a guy we can rely on. This is a guy that continues to improve year after year, works on his craft, gets better and better and better. He's going to be a major player on the Saints defensive line all season long. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm with you, Steve. Once again, continues to improve. But if you look at what the matchups on the defensive line for the Saints versus the Panthers offensive line, Mike said it earlier, the, the Panthers are down their two guards. That's gigantic. When you have like Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard who had good performances granted against a Titans horrific offensive line, it's, it's one of the worst in football. And I mean, you saw that yesterday with the Chargers just getting after Ryan Tannehill. It looked like every snap. Um, but against the Panthers offensive line, it's banged up. So you're expecting... Maybe, I mean, and their tackles are good. You know, Kia Kwamu is one of the premier, you know, young tackles in the NFL. He was outstanding in his rookie season last year. Um, so maybe Carl doesn't have the biggest night tonight. But at the same time, you shift your focus to Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders and Malcolm Roach and the guys in the interior. Push that offensive line in the interior O-line and push the pocket back. Make Bryce Young uncomfortable. He's going to throw some mistakes and the Saints DBs will be all over it. Um, so that's going to be a huge key for tonight. Another part of that Saints D-line, that's uh, depth and providing that pressure up front. The defensive end, Tano Passignao, who Saints sideline reporter Jeff Nowak caught up with as well. Here it is. And obviously, Derek Henry, it's a tough matchup for anybody. He's made days long at a lot of defensive lines. How did you feel y'all handled that? Does that give you confidence? Yeah, I think we did pretty well. You know, there's a couple plays we could uh, make up, me specifically. There's there's a little missteps and stuff like that where we allowed him to get big runs. There's a big screen. So there's stuff that we know we can work on, and um, no teams are going to try and capitalize on us on that stuff. So we've worked on that and coming out to really show people. Obviously, you've been teammates with Carly for the last few seasons. What have you seen in terms of growth from him? Because it seems like he's playing really confidently right now. Oh, yeah. Carl, man, he's a... He's shown that he's um, progressed every year, you know, and um, like you said, he's confident, and I feel like that confidence is shown in his pass rush, just all the different things he's hitting people with, man. He has a bag full of moves, bags full of tricks, and he's not afraid to put it out there. We got a coach that's really encouraging that, so it's awesome. It's kind of an inside baseball question, but I am curious, as someone who's never done anything like that, he's has all these moves, right? You have a spin move, you have a bull rush. Do you communicate beforehand? I'm like, okay, I'm doing this, you're doing this. Is that something, or do you just kind of go for it? Sometimes, but half the time, bro, it's we're, we're playing off each other. Like, that's where it comes down to the um, knowing each other, the chemistry and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, half the time, I just know, hey, Carl's about to pull something crazy. Let me cover him. Or, like, let me do something. Carl can cover me, you know? Like, we, we see each other really quick. In the spin move specifically, it seems like, you know, since Brian, Carl had a really nice... Is that something you guys have been working on? <laughs> um, yeah, something we've been working on. But, I mean, we got a lot more tricks in the bag. So, that's just the, ice, the tip of the iceberg. That was Saints defensive end Tano Passigno. And I'm um, seeing here the NFL has sent out a few stats, Charlie, uh, leading up to this Monday night matchup. Active players with the most sacks in primetime games. Number one, Cameron Jordan in 47 games. I think has, the Falcons for that. Has 36 and a half sacks. But number two, right behind Cam, Justin Houston who's got 36 sacks in 31 games. I know he's, you know, a bit up there in age right now, but as soon as the Panthers were able to ink him in free agency, I, I thought that was going to be a problem for this Saints squad. Yeah, Houston's been around the block uh, for sure, and, and that's not the most surprising thing in the world to me. Um, I, obviously, with the Panthers, though, like Hassan Reddick and, and losing him yeah, a couple years huge. back, like that's you don't need to worry about that kind of an elite pass rusher. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Justin Houston's still good at this point in his career, but he's not – someone that I think is going to necessarily wreck this game, so to speak, like Brian Burns could potentially wreck this game, right? If he goes for two, three sacks, that, that could be a nightmare scenario for the Saints in this matchup. But, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where the most concern is against on the Panthers' defensive line is stopping Burns, first and foremost, from getting after Carr. Other than that, Justin Houston's, you know, I, I don't want to say someone he's that's, bad. Not someone that's overly – Got you concerned kind of not, thing. Not yes, necessarily. It's a name like, that's a problem, obviously, a, a tough veteran. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the same stature that I put for, like, an Adam Thielen, right, offensively for the Panthers. It's an old vet that's been around the block that can still contribute and still be a good player for them, but he's not someone that I expect to just wreck this game. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, what worries me, too, is just the, the Saints offensive line. It isn't just – Trevor Penning at left tackle. I thought everybody in the first half, at least, kind of struggled with their blocking assignments. Yeah, against in the, the interior Titans. as well. Uh, but once again, the Titans feature one of the strongest defensive lines in the entire NFL. The Panthers aren't that. Um, so the stat that I gave Steve, that's the point total that I'm looking for from twenty four points. Twenty four points. If you get to that point, the Panthers are one and nine over the last two seasons when they give up twenty four more points. That's where you're looking to to get to. Like, if that's Jamal Williams scoring a couple of touchdowns, cool. If that's, as this texter had said earlier, you know, Michael Thomas, cool. Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, we expect big things from them as well against this Panthers DB room that's a little banged up. I just think there's so many advantages in this game that the Saints need to capture, right? And, and they have on paper the better team. And that's what it all comes down to. What was um, uh, in game one against the Titans – you know, this we talk about the Saints' weapons all over this, uh, up and down the offense, but what was surprising to me was the lack of involvement in game one from the tight ends. You really didn't see much from a Jawan, uh, from Jimmy Graham, from Foster Morrow. Heck, even uh, Taysom Hill had a very limited role in game one. Yeah, we actually have a text here. Taysom Hill or Jawan Johnson at tight end for <laughs> fantasy football tonight. I have both. Jawan came into the week kind of banged up. I know. I think yes, he's he had a questionable. calf injury. He had a calf injury early on. He was limited, but I think he was a full participant in both of the second, uh, the later practices okay. as well. So I think he should be okay to go tonight. The thing about this matchup is, you know, Deuce kind of said it on the fans in the pro show. He wants to see the Saints rush for 100 yards tonight. He wants them to break that century mark on the ground. And if they do that, the offense is going to be rolling because then you're you're balanced. You're moving the football. You're getting first downs. You're getting into the red zone, and then all at that point, it's all about execution, right? 
With Jawan Johnson, I think he probably has the higher ceiling, but Taysom Hill, I think, also potentially has a role tonight because, once again, looking at the Panthers' defensive line, they're not as tough up front as the Titans were. You didn't use Taysom Hill versus the Titans. They, I mean, they're very, very physical. Derek Brown is good. Brian Burns is good. They don't have the physicality that the Titans did on the defensive line. So you may see more of Taysom Hill tonight in that rushing quarterback role. Um, I'd say for, for fantasy advice, I think I would <laughs> lean Jawan just because, as once again, I think he has a higher ceiling in the Saints offense. If Derek Carr has time to throw the ball, he's obviously going to be targeting that wide receiver trio. And Jawan Johnson, that's that fourth guy in the offense that you expect to be putting up big numbers on a weekly basis, the tight end one uh, in the Saints offense. So that's what I would tell this texter. Uh, I would stick with Juwan. Seeing some reports coming out on social media, Charlie, that Kendry Miller is on the field during pregame warmups. We do know that the Saints did elevate Tony Jones Jr. to the active roster from the practice squad. Also, linebacker Ty Summers uh, as well heading into this game. It'll be interesting to see what the timeshare of you know snaps for the running back position ends up being i don't know if kendry miller is going to end up being a go for tonight but it sounds like a game time decision type of thing right and it kind of seems like they'll have more uh tony jones involved behind jamal williams instead of miller maybe saving him possibly for week three at green bay not letting him make his maybe debut tonight in carolina so that's to deuce's point about reaching that century mark for the rushing yards you're not expecting Jamal Williams to run for 100 yards tonight. I don't think anyone is. But as a as a like unit, as the running back unit, Taysom Hill also might be involved, as we were just saying, reach that 100-yard mark on the ground, and this offense is going to flourish against this Panthers defense. You're not going to be, they're not going to be able to stop Derek Carr in the Saints offense if they can reach that 100-yard mark. Once again, don't expect Jamal Williams to do it all by himself. Tony Jones Jr. may get a couple snaps. He, he, I think he only had one carry in that opening game, so I don't really right. know what the expectation for him is. If Kendra Miller goes tonight, that's going to be really fascinating to see how they use him. I think they'll probably ease him into the game, so he might not see too many carries either. So you're looking at Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill, uh, potentially combining for most of that 100 yards. But once again, Tony Jones Jr. and Kendra Miller could also contribute to that as well. Huge game for the fullback, Adam Prentice. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's getting the 100 yards Because no one has him in fantasy, so that'll be the likely outcome. Yeah, yeah. what are they called? The fantasy vultures? Right, like the exactly. vultures or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line here on First Take, 504-260-1870. Be back with even more right after this break here on WWL. Getting closer to the start of the Bud Light countdown, the kickoff, which is 4 o'clock. That'll lead up to game time at 615 in Bank of America Stadium against the Carolina Panthers. Monday night football action here on WWL Saints Radio. Our Saints sideline reporter Jeff Nowak also caught up with James Hurst before today's game. Here's that interview. And He's he's there to get out to the quarterback and that's what he's going to do and uh, I think as he's gotten older he's really improved in the run game as well. You know, It used to be kind of getting him on third down, rush the passer, rush the passer, but uh, he's a three down player for them and he's, he's making game changing plays for a second and third down. So some of you guys Gotta know where he is. Uh, you gotta know, uh, you know where you can't get beat essentially, and make sure that you can't let that happen. Gotcha. And this, this is just one play specifically that I noticed in the. I think it was the the sack that a fumble, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I, I saw Jeffrey Sim kind of reached out, grab Trevor uh, by the by the jersey, yeah. and pulled him in. How often is that sort of thing happening? On the is that something you have to get used to in the NFL? These guys are so smart and um, tricky. And yeah, it was uh, it was a real vet move, I guess, by uh, by Jeff. Um, you know, honestly, I haven't seen it in person. 
season, um, but it worked. You know, usually uh, it's hard for that guy to, to reach out and grab someone like that and hold him back. Uh, he definitely did. You know, it's not something the refs are ever going to be able to see or be able to call. So uh, it's not something we're going to spend any time really worrying or complaining about. Um, I guess, you know, hats off to him. It was a smart play. Uh, I was able to execute it, which is pretty pretty incredible, honestly. Um, but, yeah, we, we can't have a free rush off the edge. So whatever we have to do, make sure that doesn't happen again. We get we got to get that done. Just, you know, last question. When you're dealing with a guy who's really just beating you with speed as a, as a tackle, what are what are you, your kind of the techniques you're trying to hone in on to stop that from happening? Because it seemed like Arden was getting around the edge a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think um, a speed rusher, uh, a lot of that has to deal with the angle that they're rushing on, right? So you knowing where your quarterback's dropping to. And uh, as a defensive end, they're trying to take the, the fastest the fastest way from one point to another point is a straight line, right? So uh, you have to understand the angle that they're trying to rush. They're trying to run more of a hoop or if they're trying to run a direct line. As a tackle, you have to understand the intersecting point, wherever that is. And that changes from play to play, from player to player. Uh, so make sure that you're between um, the defensive guy and the quarterback. And I know that sounds really simple, but at the end of the day, that's, that's really what's important. Um, make them run around, run around, run around. If your angle's right, you know, they, they shouldn't be able to, um, with, that, with exception, of course, be able to get to the quarterback like and as that. you're adjusting to the NFL, as Trevor is, is that one of the more difficult things? You have yeah, to I, I think so. And just, um, you know, studying the film and have more confidence of going into the game and saying, hey, you know, this guy's going to rush like this or this guy's going to rush like that. Um, understanding how, you know, maybe his set needs to change or how his technique needs to change here and there. Um, I think he'll get used to that. And the more reps he has, more experience, that'll just get better and better. Saints Alfonso of a lineman, James Hurst, talking with our sideline reporter, Jeff Nowak, there. And he's another guy to me, Charlie, like I mentioned. It wasn't just all Trevor Penning that was awful, at least at the beginning, the first half of the game against the Tennessee Titans. I thought everybody had their hand in things. Yeah, the left side is is still a big question mark on this team. The left side of the offensive line, and even the interior wasn't very good against Tennessee in, in that defensive front. But, I mean, you're looking for improvement this week, obviously tonight. I, I expect, you know, James Hurst with his kind of connection with Trevor Penning, it feels like Trevor Penning feels a little bit safer with Hurst next to him. So right. that's always a really good sign, that veteran presence, that leadership as well. James Hurst has a role on this team, and, I mean, he's showing it. And the reason I'm not exactly panicked about Trevor Penning is everything I've heard from the locker room, everything I've heard from the coaching staff, they're all like, give him time. Give him some snaps. This is, he had a redshirt year his rookie season. Give him some time. He's going to end up being a good player in this league. And I trust him. Yeah, hopefully with more playing time, we see more improvement, improvement. from exactly. the big left tackle Absolutely. for sure. 100%. Coming back with more of First Take right after this break here on WWL Saints Radio. Closing things out here on First Take, Charlie Long along with Cullen Steele. I'm uh, going to talk a little game day predictions, gentlemen. Charlie, how you see this game shaking out? And for the black and gold side, who do you think is the top Saints fantasy performer Ooh. for today? You know, I, I think I'm going to be kind of lame and go with the obvious answer there and say Chris Olave again. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe that texter that texted in earlier about Michael Thomas going off tonight is correct. And maybe he has a couple touchdown passes. Ultimately, for my game prediction, Steve, I gave the stat earlier that Carolina in the last two seasons, so in the last 18 games that they've played, they are 1-9 and nine when their defense gives over 24 points. That's the target mark for the Saints offense tonight. I think they hit it. I think they may even hit it on the dot. So my prediction, game prediction, you know, the Saints are favored by three points in this game. Last week they were favored by three points against the Titans. I thought that that was a, you know, pretty correct line from Vegas. Right. Tonight I think the Saints cover. And I don't even really think there's a question about it. Give me Saints 24, Carolina 13. Ooh, all righty then. So Olave and 27, you said? 24 to 13. 24 to so 13, that 24 sorry. 24 point 
on the mark. And then it's going to be kind of a whole thing with Carolina. They gave up 24 points per game last season. They gave up 24 in week one to, to Atlanta. They gave up 24 in week two to the uh, Saints. And the Saints win that game 24-13. All right, Cullen, your game prediction and fantasy stud for the matchup. I haven't played in a league in years where we've had full defenses as you're on your team. Yeah. But I, that's the pick tonight. With how good they played last week. Ooh, and I like I, that. I a little spicy there. How spread out the Saints are with their offensive weapons. I really think like you'll have a Lave who could drop 20. You'll have Juwan Johnson, who could drop two. They also could switch those numbers around, and Johnson drops 20, and Olave drops two. I think you'll get more consistent efforts and numbers from your defense. I'm thinking 27-17, us. All right, I got the 27-20 Saints victory coming up in this one. Uh, I I do think, too, it could end up getting a little ugly just because the Saints really are so much more of a talented team to me than a Panthers squad. I put it at a 27-20 matchup just because – it's an NFC South team. I know it's usually uh, a pretty tight matchup between these two ball clubs. And for me, I'm trying to speak it into existence because I need Jamal Williams to come up big tonight. I need Jamal Williams to have at least two touchdowns, 80-yard game, nothing too major. Oh, yeah, no, you're speaking for your kid. Uh, speaking for him, too, yeah, because he's got to match up my son against Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns coming up. So hopefully that ends up coming to uh, fruition for Jamal Williams having a big night for the black and gold coming up the bud light countdown to kickoff with myself and the cajun cannon be right back with more after this hey everyone boomer esiason here the nfl draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one the free odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country the local voices who know your team the best giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 